Welcome to Food and Loathing, your weekly look and listen into what's happening with food and drink in Las Vegas through the eyes, ears, and stomachs of some highly motivated and opinionated eaters who love to share their experiences with, well, truly anyone who will listen. I am this week's... (laughs) Sorry, I wasn't listening. (laughs) I am this week's bearded, I mean, host, uh, Samantha Gemini Stevens. Our fearless lead gastronome and culinary circus director, Al Mancini, is out this week dealing with an illness. We wish him a speedy recovery and comfortable recovery. And can't wait until he is back in the saddle in the center of the tent, uh, leading this show once again. Such an Um, attention whore. He can't go up more than a week without this. You know, I wasn't going to say anything, but since he didn't mention it publicly that he was dealing with this, I thought, yeah, Yeah. it's okay to let people know that he is he is communicating. Um, he is, as far as we know, still doing well. He is getting great that's care. Right. So amazingly lifelike, is. as it turns yeah. out. <laughs> well, as we as we all knew, there is a heart in there. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and hey, attempting to manage us freaks, geeks, and oddities in Al's absence is none other than extraordinary producer and lion tamer extraordinaire pt i mean damn it i did it yeah. again rich johnson <laughs> who rich, manages how are you <laughs> who manages me then oh now oh. we're in trouble <laughs> oh golly yes uh, i'm i'm good it's a beautiful day as we record this on a uh, wednesday afternoon i believe uh, is, but yeah. uh, we'll see what that brings on friday it's been cold and man i'm after four years i've turned into a vegas wimp and it gets down below about 50 <laughs> and I'm, I'm putting on at least two if not three layers right oh my gosh yeah 17 years for me and i i, I think the winter still shocks me more than anything uh, my pool had ice in it the other day <laughs> oh um, yeah I welcome it. I like putting on the layers and getting out the coat. I get to wear about three weeks a year as opposed to four months a year when I, you know, live back East. Right. Well, you know, you and I have chatted, the cold is my kryptonite. And uh, the thing is, is that when it's too hot, the best you can do is get naked and jump in your pool. Right. At least when it's cold, I am lucky enough to have lots of layers I can put on. I can turn on the fire. I can turn on the heater. I can cuddle the dog. So there are ways of getting around it. I'll be looking forward to that pool invitation invitation next absolutely july. yeah exactly we'll wait until june <laughs> july when it's actually warm enough <laughs> yeah oh my goodness well you know i mean as usual um we're already doing the chatter we start the show yeah. discussing what we're doing what we've been eating um give or take the past week yeah. uh, do you want to get this party started i you know i don't have a ton going on my big day was uh, saturday with three big events uh the one with you in the middle i drove to laughlin to meet a, sounds- a new <laughs> colleague yeah <laughs> And I thought I would have time to at least cross the river to Bullhead City and go to Culver's, the great Midwestern drive-in. Oh, that's right. I forgot that, that is in Utah there. and Arizona. I did not have time, tragically. The Butter Burger is one of the great reasons, one of the only reasons to go to uh, America's heartland. Uh, <laughs> Road trip. The the, uh, the slots in the video poker took my money way too quickly at Harris. Oh, goodness. Then I got back into town and I got it all back at Park MGM with a single pull. That's right. I was, I was waiting for you and yours <laughs> for a great experience at T-Mobile. We'll get to in a minute. Yeah. Uh, still. And we had the food there. That was great. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think, did I have something in the middle to keep me going? I did, but it was so forgettable. I forgot. Uh, <laughs> and I left you early to head back up to Summerlin and City National Arena uh, if you're a Golden Knights fan, which we know Al is, 
Absolutely. You go to the Golden Knights practice home and there's all kinds of hockey going on there all the time. Youth uh, leagues and adult leagues and all that on the Saturday night at uh, 7 38 o'clock, the UNLV hockey team hosting my Oregon Ducks. Oh, hey. And I didn't even know until a month ago, Oregon had a hockey team. I don't know that I knew from two months ago that UNLV had a hockey team. How do they wear Do they put the, the, the blades on the bottom of those big feet that they have to wear? Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> of course. I wore my big green Donald Duck Oregon hoodie and watched the Ducks play tough for a a period against the very uh, much better Rebels, 4-1 to one Rebs, the final. The place was full because they were having a... Uh, international called it can-am hockey tournament uh, youth from all over the u.s and canada coming so they had a thousand people in those those bleachers there probably if they could oh hold gosh. that many eh, 500 or so uh, if you've uh, gotten into hockey and you want to spend 200 dollars for the knights or even 40 or whatever for the silver knights the rebels are a 10 dollar ticket nice yeah the one thing i missed it was there was no concessions there was no hot dog they have a very yeah, they nice just have the pub, right? Yeah, a very nice looking place called Mackenzie River Pizza Grill and Pub that was jammed with all the families of all the people who had come from all over the continent for the hockey tournament. Uh, the cool thing is that place is at the top of the complex in the mm -hmm. middle. So one side overlooks one rink. The other has a view of the uh, other rink. And uh, it looked like some good looking uh, pizza was being uh, thrown out there. Um, you know, I got to tell you, it's actually pretty decent. So uh, last week was um, Green Valley Grocery had their corporate outing. And uh, so a bunch of us got together. It's my husband's uh, company. That's where he works. And we went and got to go skating for a few minutes. And I just wanted to throw out there. Um, I used to be able to ice skate. And there was this four-year-old out on the ice who was literally yeah. doing circles around me. Bless him. I actually had to use one of those holders to help me get around. Oh, yeah. Uh, I did get a picture with Chance, though. So that was fun. Um, and we did go to the McKenzie. <laughs> river pub and get to watch people skating on both sides so um yeah and it's actually decent food so um that's cool. a, that's a good thing to know where know were that you thing was up there <laughs> uh, um go what you do and then we'll talk about our common experience yes yeah we'll do that one at the, at the end of this so um yeah so i tried a few things over the past couple of weeks um little avalon located in the village square shopping center a couple of doors down from the regal movie theater at fort apache in charleston uh recently opened there used to be a dumpling shop there i think um once again this has opened into two concepts um they've done that before in that space um one of them is sort of a breakfasty brunchy like brekkie burritos and breakfast sandwiches okay. and, and coffees and teas um, that's that's the one called Little Avalon. Um, the, the lunch and, and dinner version is called Hello Hibachi. Um, mm. We ate off the breakfast brunchy menu. Uh, girlfriend and I went. We had the Mama's Breakfast Sandwich, which was super simple but well-made. Um, there's nothing that that turns me off anymore with breakfast sandwiches where they try to load it up like three meals into one sandwich. It's insane. Yeah. Nobody can eat that. Yeah. Um, so it was a great bread to stuff ratio. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Great, great thick cut bacon, bacon, excuse me, um, avocado, <laughs> tomato, cheddar cheese, a fried egg. And then this like sriracha aioli sauce thing that they did. Um, like I said, super simple, but super tasty. Uh, and it came with a hash brown on the side, which I don't know outside of fast food, anybody that serves you know, more carbs with, with that kind of a sandwich. Um, but it was one of those like oval fast food patty hash browns, but so much better. It didn't get soggy. It had a nice crisp oh. to it. Like we were both kind of 
go, you know, going a little goo goo over this damn hash brown patty. It was pretty wow. good. <laughs> cool. I love those things. Yeah. Even the lousy ones I love. <laughs> right. Yeah. I just don't like it when I, I want breakfast potatoes to be crispy. And so yeah. I was super excited that, that by the time I got to taste that, uh, it was still crispy. It was really good. It was salted perfectly. Um, it actually had flavor, which made me happy. Yeah. Um, and like I mentioned, they've got teas and coffees. I tried an Earl Grey tea latte that while a touch sweet for me, because I know these things use syrups and things, which is not yeah. usually my gig. Um, it, overall, it was really lovely. Um, and they're, you know, they're open seven days a week from 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. And they've got both menus available. So you've got to go check hey, that out. I've said um, many a time here, one of the great the joys of moving back to the West Coast after many, many years in the East and the Midwest <laughs> was hash browns. Yes. Everybody back there does home fries. I know. Which can be very nice. But sometimes you just got to have that shredded crisp. Yeah. And I want it extra crispy and yeah. all of that. Yeah. You know, just keep it on the plancha a little bit longer. I'll be a very, very happy human. Um, you know, I, I ran out this weekend. Uh, Yukon Pizza has been doing their soft opening for a week. Um, I do believe we've talked to them recently. Yeah. But I wanted to just do a shout out because what they've built in that little space over um at the Huntridge, it's right by the theater in that space. They're really building up. Um, they partnered with the Dapper Companies after a couple of years over at Vegas Test Kitchen. Um, and so today, Wednesday recording day is the official opening. Um, and but yeah, we went in. It's it's a small place, but it's got a long counter at which you can sit, eat, watch the show, and it is a show. I mean, it's like a coordinated dance. It's like synchronized swimming, watching these people They're <laughs> back there and, you know, Danny and Alex and Justin and, and uh, Jamie and, and uh, so many people. I love you all. I'm sorry. I can't think of all the day. Cameron, um, there you've got people on the line and they're building the pies and they expertly turn and slide it onto a peel. And then somebody grabs that and it's like a spinning dance to stick it in that 800 degree oven. And the results are just chewy, puffy, charred in just the right places crust. It's got a century plus old sourdough. Uh, we got four pies. Wow. Um, and, you know, I'm just going to say, go to the website. I believe it's yukonlv.com. Um, check it out. We had, everything was really great. They really love their garlic, which makes me happy. They use garlic confit on the pizza. So you can take a great big bite of that soft, buttery garlic on some, um, we had a vegan pie that was delicious. And if you didn't tell me it was vegan, I wouldn't have been able to tell you. And I'm a pretty hardcore carnivore and it was amazing. Um, so yeah, check out the Y train, the grandpa white, uh, the you had me at garlic, and then the vegan one was called the West Coast Wise Guy. All, all delicious. <laughs> and Chef Justin Ford has some non-pizza stuff on that menu as well. Um, I understand there's more stuff coming, but I did get um, a great photo of some Brussels sprouts. They've got buffalo cauliflower. There's a spaghetti on the menu. There's meatballs on the menu. I mean, you just can't go wrong. Wow. So. Yeah. Yeah. For as small as that place is, and I mean it in the best way, because it's intimate. Everybody knows each other when you walk in the door. Um, it's totally worth the drive if you're not already downtown. Again, open Wednesdays through Saturdays, noon to 10 p.m. And that um, space is going to be such a thing over the next two or three years. Uh, yes. A friend of mine, uh, actually, uh, a guy I met through our guest in the next segment. Oh, cool. A guy named Darren Lee Cole, who runs the Soho Playhouse in New York is taking over the main, <clears throat> excuse me, the theater. Oh, yes. I was wondering what was going to happen. Turning it into the Soho Playhouse West oh, over wow. the next two or three years. Fringe acts, all kinds of funky stuff. 
uh, that are, will be coming to Vegas as they have come to Greenwich Village over the last uh, almost 40 years. In you New know, York. I've got my fingers crossed for that. I know that there's been, um, I don't want to say drama in a bad way, but there's just been yeah. a lot of drama regarding the history of the Huntridge Theater and people yeah. who tried to bring it back. And then I think there was some some nefarious dealings and then oh, yeah. somebody, somebody else was going to come back and they were going to do it right. And things just haven't been falling into place. Um, a little bit like the fountain blue. Yeah. Uh, on <laughs> right? my, uh, like somebody keeps grabbing it and we just keep yeah. waiting for the next step. Um, you can hear the entire comprehensive of history of that from Jay Dapper himself yeah. on uh, one of the early episodes of On the Corner of Main Street, the podcast from yeah, the, Plaza the Plaza Hotel, which I produced. Joe Jates said the, the, the whole thing about that. And Darren, uh, I've talked to him many times. He said this is going to be the signature event of my life to oh, make wow. the Huntridge Theater into the Soho Playhouse West. I'm excited. Um, and yeah. right next door to where UConn is now, that's where the new Winnie and Ethel's is going to go in. Yep. They won the diner competition with uh, that was held at VTK, sponsored by Dapper Companies. Uh, the signage is already on the windows. If you follow their social media, um, the the yeah. brainy, the brain behind um, Winnie and Ethel's, the, the couple just got married. Um, things are coming up fast. So keep yep. an eye out on that. Just wanted to give them a shout out. Um, yeah, so definitely go super delicious. You had some beer, um, I hear. I did. Yeah. So Saturday before we saw you, we went to downtown Summerlin on that back lawn sort of entertainment area. Right now there's also a skating, an ice skating rink out there. Um, they put up brew festivus. So I thought that was appropriate for the show this week. Cause we talked about it last week. We're going to talk about it again in, in, in a few minutes. Um, Nevada Craft Beer Association puts on the event. Uh, a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, local Las Vegas favorites. I mean, we're talking Craft House, Bad Beat, Big Dogs, Astronomy, Aleworks. Um, Abel Baker was out there. Um, so many other things from Nevada, Northern Nevada came down. Some of them had a brew or two. Some of them had specialty holiday brews. Um, one of them, um, Bad Beat specifically, did a golden milk stout, which not usually my gig, but they made it into this beautiful sort of holiday cocktail thing with a rim and everything. Um, so I'm going to be writing about that. Um, I didn't get good audio for that, so we don't have an interview. Yeah. But I did talk to Amanda Keller over there. And um, so definitely go check them out. They do have it in store at the brewery. Um, you can order the cocktail or you can just have the beer. Um, super, super delicious. And Nevada, um, you know, Craft Brewers Association, they put this on for charity. Um, and I had asked a couple of the, the people that were manning the booth, some of them, the brewers themselves, what the charity was. They said the, the, the association handles that, but it's a handful of things. Um, and they have events all throughout the year. So go check it out. Um, their website is nvbeer.com. Um, a thing I wanted to share with you is because it was called Brew Festivus, one of the booths did have uh, a Festivus <laughs> poll. <laughs> it, it, the weather was a little yeah. windy, really, so they had to tape it to the tent. So the, the photo I have doesn't make it stand out. But, Two-dimensional. But, yeah. But somebody else also had what they called the Festivus Tree of Grievances, and you were invited yeah. to grab an index card and write your grievance down. <laughs> Probably about beer and or the festival. Or, um, sounds know, like my, somebody young who heard about the show <laughs> over the last 30 years, but never has actually seen Seinfeld. Right. Um, and I don't know if it's on their social media because I honestly cannot remember who had it. And I even took a picture and I can't tell from my photo who had it. 
Um, but I hope they collected them. I hope they're putting them out there online. Um, I know my personal one was, I'm glad that we're, you know, getting away from every beer needing to be this massive, you know, ABV alcohol by volume for those of you who, who don't drink like the rest of us. Um, because you go out, you have one beer, you can't taste other things. And when I go to a festival, I want to taste things. I want to know what's out there. So that was my grievance. And I was super happy to find out that more and more people are coming back to the crisp, lighter, quaffable beers. Um, so yeah, but that was a lot of fun. Cool. And then, Hey, you know, let's mention T-Mobile. So oh, uh... <laughs> I had the last time I went to a UFC event was when I first came to town in 2014 before I left in disgrace. And it was at uh, what's now called Michelob uh, Ultra Arena behind Mandalay Bay. Oh, and yeah. it's cool. And it was full of people and everybody having a good time. Uh, it's, n- it's nothing like what uh, you offered. Up. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so we were we were offered the tickets. It was a holiday thing um, um, from some corporate friends. And, uh, you know, we wanted to make use of them. I'd never been to UFC event live. I'd watched yeah. them on TV. I've been to pay-per-view events, things like that. Um, so uh, for those listening, uh, yeah, we invited uh, Rich and Al to come with us again. Al has been uh, not feeling too hot. So Rich did join us and we found ourselves high above the crowd. Um, and not that there's a bad seat in the place. No. I've been there for concerts. I've been there for hockey. I've been there for so many other things. And um, but yeah, high above the crowd, we were in what's called the Hyde Lounge we had this great little four-person booth to ourselves. We had table service. We had bottle service, clean restrooms, no crowds. Yeah. Um, and it was just a great way to view an event. Everybody up there was super nice, talking with each other, enjoying everything. So, And we did eat some food up there. We yeah. had some nachos, I probably owe you another chicken. hundred or two for that <laughs> stuff because they, they definitely do, did a markup, I believe. There's a markup, but it was it was good. And, and, it was you good, know, yeah. I admit, I I find the food in the rest of the uh, the stadium uh, in the arena a lot better, and I think the options are are yeah. much wider. Um, Plus, but in the was... middle of the crowd on something like that, you could feel it a lot more than you can up yeah. there. I love the luxury, yeah. but there's nothing like that. I've been to a couple of heavyweight fights over the years and a couple of UFCs. You get and, the blood on your face. Yeah, and... well, not quite that, but you know, <laughs> when you think about it, the idea that for centuries, if not millennia. We have always been entertained by people trying to hurt each other in whatever form. When you're there and you're in the middle of it in the moment, it is so visceral, so uh, emotional, even from the roof that, you know, you I, I bow to those who are huge fans. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was just such a great experience. So, you know, thank you to everybody that, uh, you know, gifted those to us and let us go have a good time and yeah, you know, super happy we can talk about it. So um, yeah, they do a really good job up there and we had a great um, hostess and uh, yeah, if you can do it, do it. Um, and, you know, I stopped by the Vegas test kitchen party on Sunday. It was their second anniversary. Um, they, um, had chef Justin out there who used to be with main street. Uh, yep. he'd also been, um, with atomic kitchen and he'd been with Sparrow and Wolf and, and had done quite a few things here in Vegas before that. Um, I dare say, uh, um, you know, he is a Vegas darling. He and his family are moving to California. So that was one of his, uh, last hurrahs, uh, oh. tonight, tonight recording night, unfortunately. Fortunately for those listening, is the last hurrah. He's going to be uh, doing pizza for the Sand Dollar, which I'll talk about in just a second. Um, but yeah, he was out there. He was going to be doing a dunk tank thing for charity. They were raising money for the American Society for Suicide Prevention. Um, but the weather kicked in no, and no. it was He's... so cold that we all yeah. expected it to be snowing. So, 
you know, Jolene Menina, bless her heart. She is so creative. She pulled out cans of whipped cream and empty pie tins. And we started throwing whipped cream at Justin. And ah. uh, I think Amber Ramsey, uh, I think she's with <laughs> Tuscany Casinos and, and she's a beer director over there. She got in the action and I've seen some photos. Uh, I missed her getting hit, but I saw some photos but uh, yeah, a lot of charity stuff going on, which is which was really great. Um, and just a note, check the Vegas Test Kitchen website coming up, folks, because from the 24th through the 31st, at least, um, they will be closed. There's a lot of new people coming out. Usually I would put that on the news, but I'm already talking about it. A whole new slate of people are coming in. Some of your favorites are staying. Um, we've already mentioned Yukon has moved into its own space. So yeah, check out VegasTestKitchen.com yeah. for more information on that. So, you know, coming up, we, uh, we've got a feast uh, with fishes and, what, seven of them, I think? That's usually uh, how it works. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Al, and, and Al isn't here live, but he is still with us. We've got him tape, um, or rather digits, it is digitized, yeah. talking serious stuff with Eats Natalie Young. First, though, it is time to air our grievances. <laughs> well, sort of. It's our lame-ass version of a Festivus event. But we're featuring a real-life guy from Seinfeld. Yes. This is Food and Loathing. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here you are in Vegas, you're hungry, and the choices are endless. But do you really want to trust the crowd? You can trust Neon Feast, restaurant recommendations from real food pros sharing where they send friends and family. All that knowledge is just a download away on the Neon Feast app. You want the strip, off strip, downtown, great views, great value? Find smart, informed restaurant recommendations on the Neon Feast app and neonfeast.com. All right, welcome back to this uh, meatball cobbled together. I don't know what the hell we're doing <laughs> episode of uh, Food and Loathing. Uh, Gemini is here with me, of course, and one of my very best friends who is going to sort of help us vamp through this thing. He knows a little bit about food. He knows a bit about serving food and certainly eating food, especially having just come back from London. And he knows a bit about airing of grievances. And while he wasn't <laughs> on that episode of Seinfeld, he certainly is a veteran of that thing. You know him, you love him from a zillion shows on TV, but he'll go to his grave as Banya, the bane of Jerry's existence. <laughs> Welcome from uh, beautiful suburban Reno, Steve Heitner. <laughs> that is, that is, our, you know, when I think of meatball cobbled together content, you, you really want to have me involved on that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it seems only appropriate. <laughs> it, it certainly does. <laughs> haphazard all right let let us get the airing of grievances over with as fast as we can what's your biggest uh i guess as a customer restaurant grievance of the the past lifetime uh well i will go with um i do not like when the customer even if i'm uh, if i was on a date or somebody i was with i don't like nine million questions you know, I don't like the whole, is that cooked with oil? Was there butter used <laughs> on that? Okay. Let, me, let me tell you something. You are at a restaurant. You do not have a private chef. 
you are going to choose a couple of the things that they have prepared and typed down on a piece of paper for you. <laughs> I, I cannot say I, I dated a girl once and she was endless with the, well, I'm going to need it cooked without oil. I'm going to need it. Th and then at the end, she would go extra cheese, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh I got your, God. I got your healthy right here, babe. <laughs> exactly. Oh, so that, no. that would be my biggest grievance is the, the, the non ending uh, questions. And that's as a, uh, a patron. I can tell you how that oh. bothers me as a waiter as well. Yeah, please. Yeah. Okay, so uh, many moons ago, I was waiting tables in uh, New York City, and I waited tables at a uh, Irish steak joint, which is really the best of both worlds because the steak part makes it expensive, and the Irish part makes it so you can be a smartass to the uh, customers. <laughs> so the Irish steakhouse is really the perfect place to work, and I would get so annoyed with the questions that I came up with a phrase for a, a phrase for food, and I'd had a different phrase for wine. So if they asked me about any food whatsoever, I would say it's a a, a delightful blend of East meets West. <laughs> and what are they going to really? What are they going to do? Yeah. Oh, okay. how do you question oh, oh. that? <laughs> what are you going to do? You cannot even respond. No, to that. they're going to look at you and they're going to nod really thoughtfully, yeah, mm. and because they, they want to be included, nobody wants to feel like they don't know no. what you just said to them. <laughs> and I think I think my line for wine might have been even better, might have been even more stilting when you can't even respond. And they asked me about any wine, I would say it's challenging yet familiar. Oh my god! <laughs> like, what do you? <laughs> What are they going to do with that? Really? They just, again, nod. Yeah. And, but the thing is, because it was an Irish place, if it was a big table of eight, if anybody asked me about another food, I'd say the same exact thing. <laughs> and then they finally realized that I hate all of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Rich, how about you? I, you know, you're going to have to come back to me because I had it. And of course, because I'm very, very old, it just slipped right out of my head. Right what what uh, it it was oh i know it is it's when a waiter comes up as you're nearly done with your uh, meal and says are you still working on that oh and i just want to say <laughs> is this work is this yeah. i thought this was supposed to be a pleasurable dining experience <laughs> with the flavors that are a nice blend of east meets west and and, and but it's work huh so. You know what? That makes me think of I flip the tables on that when I'm a customer and I I do the cheesy response and I laugh like I know it's cheesy when I when it's com completely empty and I go, I hated it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know people who do that unironically. Oh, it's and it's, oh my God, oh, yeah. it's terrible. <laughs> That's uh, and that all goes back to Donald Sutherland in MASH when they're getting sushi at the uh, oh my god the, the whorehouse and children's hospital combination. <laughs> what? Oh, we well, haven't what? seen MASH. You're claiming that I hated it with an empty plate of food comes from yeah, man. yeah. Oh yeah, because he said it with such irony, and you could tell he loved it. And he said, "Oh, how was that? Oh, yeah, I hated now, it." Now MASH is a long time ago, but in the yeah. history of eating food, it really isn't. True. You know what I mean? I think that might have been said pre-1978. Okay. That's the first time I heard it, and that's all that really matters. That's all that matters, all that matters right? Yeah, Discoverable exactly. for you. Okay. <laughs> Samantha. Oh, my gosh. Uh, 
I think one of the things I hate the most is, I mean, you guys have hit probably the top two for sure. Um, but I was brought up, um, we didn't have a whole lot growing up. Uh, my parents made it work. We didn't know how little we had until we were much older. Um, but we were taught really good table manners. And we, my grandfather even had this game where he would pass around whatever it was, a pepper grinder or something. And if you did something at the table that was bad manners, it sat in front of you. And if you ended up with that at the end of the meal, <laughs> you had to clean up. And I come wow. from a family wow. of four kids, two, two parents. My grandfather lived with us for a while. There's a lot of people to clean up after. The grinder of shame. <laughs> oh, yeah. That is I, I forget what they I called it. it. So what annoys me the most when I go out to restaurants, especially nicer restaurants, um, is I have learned how to put my silverware in a certain place to indicate I'm either still eating or that I'm done. Yeah, 45 when, degree thing, right? Yeah. yeah. And so they come up and they go to grab a plate that is people are obviously still eating off of. You could be actively eating off of it and they want to grab the plate. Makes me nuts. Oh, are you finished with this? Does it look like I'm finished with this? Not are you There's still working angle? on it? The hand is going in to grab yeah. the plate and people are still eating off of it. Leave it alone. I people. Thought- that was like a United Nations treaty from all first world nations that when the right? silverware is at 45 degrees. Yeah, and there's this know, whole thing like if you're European, they can tell the spies if you held your silverware a certain way. Like we were yeah. taught all of this stuff. And I walk into a restaurant and I'm thinking, you know, I'm a good diner. I, I know my rules. I know I know how to put things down. And then this happens more often than not. What is the degree? What is it? What's the degree? What is it? 45 degree? What? I don't know. I don't know. 10, the 10 and 20. You know, yep. or across the plate. Oh, I oh I see. Like like I yeah, said. So you put you put them to if you're done, you put them mm. together off to one side, and it's it's basically that ten and two or ten or ten two 20. sort of angle. And that's like, yeah. person knows. Yes, and um, yeah, and so growing up, I mean, I always thought that that was really good manners. And more and more places I go now, you could be actively eating it. Uh, off of the plate and they want to literally their hands are coming into the table. It's like, I just want to smack them. Yeah. Leave my stuff alone. <laughs> We're still eating it. <laughs> you know, can I tell you my favorite part of that story? Please. You know, when you started, the first thing you said is when we were young, we didn't have much. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, this is a great way to tell a story, just to get people on your side. <laughs> you know, I'm going to now just start every story with, well, first right? of all, when, when I was young, we didn't have much. Right. And then just see if that gets more dear, of a Endear people to you, Steve. Yeah, Let them know that I you think. came from something else. <laughs> I think I'm going to try it for a while. I Please thought, do. <laughs> that's the best on-ramp I've heard in some time. Oh, God. So you've told me this a couple of times, but share it with, with Gemini, your your great Hollywood dining experiences from a quarter century in Tinseltown. Yeah, I've, I've had, yeah, my, I guess my, uh, one of my favorites is uh, Dan Tana's, which uh, if people mm. know is a classic Italian restaurant, uh, New York style Italian restaurant right there in West Hollywood. And there aren't many tables and everyone's there to be at the bar and have a martini and see and be seen and all of that. And uh, the um, maitre d' there, man named Christian, we kind of, we would just bust chops with each other all the time. And we came up with this thing where if I would allow him this, he would get me a table. So every time I walk in, I allow him to yell loud enough for the entire restaurant to hear, the D list is here. (laughs) Not the A, not the B, not the C. Oh my goodness. Yeah. (laughs) He screams the D list is here. Not even a recurring, not even a recurring role on Melrose Place. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, And then he gives me a table. So I feel like it's a pretty good deal. 
You know what? I'm not mad at that. Yeah. It's really hard to get a table in some places. I would, I would deal with that for 10 minutes if I got a great table somewhere. I I take that on every time. And uh, (laughs) I I walk in without a reservation and just go, um, people go, well, we'll never get a table. I go, really? Watch this. (laughs) (laughs) Let me wrap up with Steve and I will be the waiter at every meal I've ever had with you towards the end. And the waiter says, uh, can I get you anything else? I'd like a hint of respect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that it? That was it. I love it. I love it. Somebody else <laughs> rang in first, and so they'll be coming back tomorrow. For <laughs> I'm Liberty, definitely borrowing uh, that one. We'll, we'll trade a little bit. I'll borrow that one. You borrow the other one. We're good. <laughs> yeah. All, all right. This is the D-list checking out, all right? <laughs> And again, Al is not here with us this week, but he did leave us something kind of serious for this episode, and I'll just let him explain. If you listen to this podcast with any regularity, you know I believe there's a mental and physical health crisis in the restaurant industry that has cost us far too many lives over the past few years. It's a problem that needs to be addressed on many fronts, and I will be the first to admit that I'm not an expert on any of them. I'm not sure I'm even qualified to ask the correct questions, but I've made a commitment to at least starting conversations on the topics that I believe need to be addressed in the hope they'll spark more conversations among my listeners. Substance abuse and recovery are two key issues that need to be discussed in any serious talk about these issues. And last week, Chef Natalie Young posted online that she's offering not only literature on recovery, but also fentanyl test kits and OD kits at her Carson Avenue restaurant, Eat. So I asked her if she'd sit down with me for a few minutes to talk about it, and she immediately agreed. So I'm here in Eat in downtown Las Vegas with my friend Natalie Young. And the reason we are here today is because, um, Nat, I saw you post some stuff on Facebook recently um, related to recovery and things people could come into the restaurant and get. If that, that, So I, I really wanted to just start talking to you about our ongoing conversation that I try to have on this podcast about recovery. But first, could you explain the post that you put up? Sure. Um, I'm involved with a group. Uh, it's called Peer Recovery Support Specialists of Southern Nevada, and this um, these people got a hold of me and said, "Hey, can we uh, post up in the restaurant?" And I said, "You know, just because uh, in the restaurant industry uh, we have a lot of suicide and drug addiction and alcoholism, and so I'm in recovery. I've been recovered for uh, 22 years, and I just thought that you know, in recent months or years, we've seen a lot of our Restaurant tours die from suicide or drug addiction or alcoholism or all of the above. Um, so I just thought it was important to, to make it available and have that conversation, make myself open to have a conversation if somebody wants to get sober, that this is a, a safe space to come and talk about those things privately, you know. Um, yeah, let's talk a bit about why, how, I suppose, not why, why might not be important, but how it affects this industry so much more directly, I think, than a lot of other industries. Now, you know, I'm a journalist, so we have our own history of alcohol abuse and journalism and things like that. But what is it about the restaurant industry that makes the problems unique? I don't know. You know, I started cooking about 35 years ago, and uh, it was a place where misfits and people that, you know, you didn't have to conform. So you could kind of be yourself. And then it was just like the norm that we you know did drugs that we drink and we did drugs like you work hard and then you play hard 
um, until it stopped working, you know, and then it became like it's cute when you're like, you know, 18 to 25 and then after 25, it's not a good look. And, you know, you start wanting to have things in, in, a, in, a, in a career and maybe a house and a car. And uh, those things don't uh, mix well. Trying to, to, trying to establish those two things. Plus, I didn't want to die. So has it changed in the time since you were young? Or is it, do you think it's still widespread within the industry and almost accepted, kind of wink and a nod type of situation? I think it's absolutely still uh, widespread, but... I can't really speak to that because my world, I own a breakfast restaurant, so the people that work in my restaurant, if you have a drinking or a drug problem, you're not going to last here very long. And I surround myself with people that are kind of on the like, uh, uh, you know, the same spiritual path. So, I mean, I, I imagine, you know, I'm kind of a loner, I think, because of that. I think I'm kind of isolated from the community because I don't go out and drink and do drugs in the in the culinary industry um you know that's kind of how everybody bonds at the end of a really hard day they go out and have a couple drinks and do whatever else they do so what is it what do you think that um people in the industry such as yourself when you get to the point where you're owning a business right what can you do to make it easier for people in your workplace to feel comfortable having the conversations that they need to have, getting treatment if they need to get treatment, but maybe just getting their life under, life's under control before they need to go in and get treatment? I don't know. But what, it, what can bosses do? What can owners do to make it an easier world for people to find help when they need help? Sure. Um, I think that, first of all, you know, it's to the it's a person's responsibility to kind of go out and seek the help. Um, but then after that, as an employer, um, just making it available for people if they have to go to a meeting or having that open conversation and they're not penalized for asking for help, um, you know, and also supported when they do quit and respect that they've quit and not have that peer pressure at work. When they've made the decision not to drink anymore, I'm 100% sure that there are people in this industry that when you go to them and say, I don't drink, they're like, oh, come on, come on, come on, come on, have another drink. And it's like, they don't drink like you drink. If they drink, they're going to die. You can go out and have a drink casually or not casually and get all fucked up. But these people can't. They have to stop drinking because they might die. And then so for somebody in the restaurant industry to not really respect that when somebody says hey i'm trying to get sober and then push alcohol on them at work is unimaginable and unacceptable to be quite honest so i think us as owners business owners need to support people when they want to get sober it's interesting you know i've even noticed restaurant employees and you you've run restaurants that serve alcohol you still run restaurants that serve alcohol um that if I go into a restaurant and they offer me a drink, a lot of, and I turn it down, a lot of waiters or waitresses will look at me and sort of be like, oh, come on, you're in Vegas, you know, have a drink. And I, I understand that that's sort of a profit center for restaurants, but, you know, do you make your team aware of that fact, like of not to sort of pressure the customer, I guess? Yeah, I'm not in the business of pushing alcohol or anything else on anybody. You know, if you say no thank you, I take that and accept that as a no thank you. In uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico, for instance, they're in uh, fine dining restaurants. They give you a glass of champagne, complimentary glass of champagne. And I say, thank you very much, but I don't drink. And then they bring me a sparkling apple cider or something else, you know to accommodate that but there's never a question i i hope that uh las vegas can get on the same page with that and just respect uh people's differences and their struggles 
do you have any advice for dealing with employees who you see kind of maybe going off that deep end or going a little too far as someone who understands that you, you can't necessarily bring somebody help before they're ready to accept help? Like, how do you deal with that in the workplace when you know that somebody may be drifting into the same path that you've drifted but may not be recognizing yet that they need, need help? So uh, I set really healthy, strong boundaries, and the rules are the rules for everybody. So rules don't change. If you, you know, I have uh, some people here that are like a cat with nine lives, and I tell them, you're on your ninth life. Like, I can't help you if you don't want to help yourself. So I'm willing to help people, but they got to step to the plate and help themselves first. So um, it's really up to the individual to make that commitment, and then I'll support that commitment. But I'm not going to make you do something. Actually, me losing a job in Colorado 22 years ago is why I got sober. It's because somebody said, go fuck yourself, bring the keys. And that, and that made me snap out of it and come and go into rehab. So, yeah, giving people chances doesn't necessarily help them to stay sober. Sometimes you got to just set your boundaries, whatever they are, for your workers and their performance and their expectations set at work. And then if they can't meet those expectations and they got to go and you might be saving their life are there any specific resources that you know of that are geared towards people in the industry any specific meetings that take place any specific um you know i don't know places that they can go and talk to people who know their the specific problems that are inherent to this industry the long hours the crazy lifestyle sure there's a 12-step programs that i'm involved in and it's anonymous so um, you know, if you're interested, come and see me and I'll, and I'll uh, lead you in the right direction. You can also just send me a private message and I'll uh, either tell you where I go and what I do or, um, you know, try to point you in a direction where you can get the help that you need to save your life. Well, thanks a lot. I appreciate you taking some time to talk to me about it. 100%. And I just want to let everybody know that we have fentanyl test kits here at EAT and OD kits that are free for the public. Please don't die. Please come and pick up a kit if you're unable to stop so you don't have to die. If there are any other restaurant owners or business owners of any type that would like to carry that kind of stuff within their restaurants, could you tell them who they can get in touch with and how they'd be able to have that set up on their own? Sure. Just private message me, and I'll get the um, same kits uh, 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 brought over to you guys. Uh, It's free. Um, You do have to take a class on recovery and kind of know what you're talking about before you... Uh, so when people come and ask you for help, you know where to send them. Uh, it's a great program. But uh, private message me or stop in the restaurant, and I'll give you all the information you need. Cool. Thanks for your time. It's feast time. And would you, well, enter a sex-themed restaurant? I'd probably enter, but uh, I'd probably finish early. <laughs> the news is next. This is Food and Loathing. News time, and a few places around town are doing it up big for Christmas Eve and Italy's famous tradition, the Feast of the Seven Fishes. And we have word of at least three such feasts. At Gaetano's Ristorante, we're offering Feast of the Seven Fishes on Christmas Eve, which is a tradition for Southern Italians and Italian-Americans. We're offering Sicilian seafood salad, calamari, salmon, spaghetti and clams, Filet sole, Chilean sea bass, and Chopino. That is the one and only Nick Palmieri. His feast is a la carte and is available on Christmas Eve from 4 to 8.30. Also getting it done on Christmas Eve, Ferraro is a five-course meal 
Prefix price at 125 bucks, and there is a lot for that money. Anywhere from two to five choices per course. Ferraro's is serving it up from four to ten on Christmas Eve. If you have a Nevada driver's license, you might want to pull a Blazing Saddles and uh, whip it out at Carver's Steak. For the rest of the month, the big-time steakhouse headed by Daniel Ontiveros at Resorts World is offering a local's appreciation menu. Hey, y'all. We have a great local business at Carver's Steak, and this menu is really a way to showcase our appreciation for our locals. We've created a beautifully curated menu that touches on a lot of our restaurants, highlights, and signature dishes. A mere $95 a plate gets you a three-course meal with soup or salad, fish or steak, and a dessert. And it starts off with a welcome cocktail. This is a weekday happy hour deal available Monday through Thursday from 5 to 7 p.m. And it's available now through the end of the month. The uh, cocktail is a champagne, something I never heard of, and the uh, Singapore sling, which they do from scratch there. I do think you want I told me to put those story. back in? No, this is me just continuing oh, talking here. <laughs> Sometimes we mess up. Sometimes we mess up when we don't mess up. <laughs> a little behind the scenes thing here. I, I, I will always repeat my story of actually going to Singapore and yeah. Raffles Bar and having a Singapore <gasps> sling. Oh, and it was the OG. Just, it was fuck awful. <laughs> was it really? It was. They, it came out of a slushy machine. There's so oh, many no. tourists coming to Raffles to have a Singapore sling. Yeah. And so when we were at the, Al and I were at the grand opening of Carver Steak, I saw this. I said, oh, I don't know. And the woman said, no, no. You trust me. And she made it from scratch oh, and it was yes. wonderful and off uh, wonderful. So go to Carver Steak and have the real Singapore sling. That's right. Hey, you've heard us discuss this before, but it's worth mentioning again because it is for charity. The Miracle on Spring Mountain holiday pop-up is still happening at the Sand Dollar Lounge on Spring Mountain Road in Polaris. This year, they have chosen a single fundraising initiative called Project Real. You can find more online at offthestrip.com where I wrote it up. There are two more pizza pop-ups after this episode airs. That is this coming Sunday, December 18th with Chris Decker of Metro Pizza. And then Wednesday, December 21 with Chef Alan Mardonovich. Sparrow and Wolf, the popular restaurant helmed by Chef Brian Howard, has announced a wine program ready for the holidays. They share that wine director Nick Tatum has compiled a robust selection of options from vintage to varietals, emerging winemakers to appeal to curious and informed wine drinkers alike. Sparrow is also offering Christmas and New Year's events, about which you can learn more at sparrowandwolflv.com. Com. And just a quick note to let you know that Eastern European favorite Forte Tapas, located in the shopping center just south of Rainbow and Flamingo, is open for lunch. Open noon to 10 p.m. Tuesday through Saturday. You can dine on specials such as Benichka, a rolled baked filled pastry, sometimes meat, or you can get cheese. Uh, the mixed grill, which is various Bulgarian and other sausages and meats with veggies. They also have dumplings, salads, and more. Learn more at yeah. barforte.com. And speaking of uh, Europe or close to it, if I ever make it to <laughs> London in the near future, this is probably not on my list. Not because I hate it. It's just that there are too many other things I want to do. But I do have to share Naked Soho. Billed as the first sex-themed restaurant. Aren't we in the holiday spirit here? From the <laughs> Vegas doesn't already have that locked down? Uh, you'd think so. <laughs> uh, from the website and to some Instagram accounts, all it looks like is a restaurant and a bar with a bunch of dick-shaped stuff. That's what Cook I thought, too. Cookies and appetizers. <laughs> even the snack board, the charcuterie board is, you know, long and balls on oh one end and the other. There are cute names for the drinks and the menu categories like foreplay. And happy endings, dessert. <laughs> okay. There is a 
sexy Sunday brunch that promises bottomless mimosas and sexy games and entertainment. I'm but, glad I they mean, clarified that the mimosas are bottomless. Uh, well, <laughs> I think they, they, they're counting on the confusion. I, I hope so. <laughs> so uh, even from 6,000 miles away, this looks a little forced. Uh, yeah. Perhaps not as much as the uh, several articles that seem to share the same lame pun about this place. Sex theme restaurant erected in Soho. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, golly, my, my nipples are hard already. <laughs> Oh my God. I tried to find something on their site and all the other things that was something more than dick shaped yeah. stuff. I mean, they had sort of vagina looking art along the sides of the menu as you scroll, yeah. like the like the wallpaper on the site. And that's that's about it. Not even a not even a breast silhouette or right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of maybe it's uh Maybe it's not heterosexual themed. I don't know. That's fine, but golly. Yeah, to be to be something that you think their advertising is so sex positive, it seems very um lame. Uh, yeah, lame they is tried. a good word. Let's just they go failed. With that. <laughs> the idea is one thing, the reality, eh, not so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, I think that's all we've got for this week. Thank um, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> you know, big thanks to Natalie Young, Daniel Oliveros, Nick Palmieri, Steve Heitner. Um, you know, we're really happy you guys spent time with us. Al, again, we love you. Come back soon. Yep. And tell a friend about Food and Loathing, available at the usual podcast places. Check Al's musings and postings at the major media sites. Search for Food and Loathing. Talk to Al directly via the miracle of email info at foodandloathing.vegas. And if you haven't done it yet, download the Neon Feast app and use it to find your next dining destination. Whatever you need, whatever you want, you will find it on the Neon Feast app. And if you're so inclined and sitting in front of your laptop, neonfeast.com. If you're interested in what I'm up to, want to get to know me a little better, read more of my writing, or see about my own personal Feast of the Seven Fishes that I posted on Instagram last night, uh, please join us. Oh, I can't even tell you. <laughs> part over. Sorry, I'm doing, I, I can't. I'm too busy going to Wishbone and Vine. Yeah, right? Yeah. Is that okay. what it is? Yes. Yeah. So, Say it one more time with us. <laughs> Wishbone and Vine. You can yeah. find me on all the socials. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we have the Neon Feast update on the Vibe, 99.7 in Vegas, 98.1 in the High Desert, 98.9 at the River. Al's around every Thursday morning at 8, 10 a.m. on the Club, AM 670, KMZQ, right here in Las Vegas, Nevada. With Rich Johnson and a digital Al Mancini, to whom we send more healthy and comforting yeah. vibes. Stay, Stay hungry. hungry. 